On this episode, we discuss new ring privacy controls, more progress being made with the James Webb Telescope, and Baby Yoda has a real name. We just don't know it. Plus, there's a bunch of potty talk this week in the show. No, literally, it's bathroom tech. This and more in this week's show. I'm Michelle Ely from the Starlight Tribune, an Arrow TV show fan podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Stephen. Chris, and SP. Welcome to an all-new episode, the first episode of 2020 of the GunnaGeek.com show. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to be back podcasting with Chris Farrell. Howdy, folks. Also, SP is here this week. Yes, please call me SP. I can't believe he didn't call me by my full name stargate pioneer but we <laughs> shall call me sp because you are my friends the listeners of the show are my friends and my friends can call me sp do you have friends in low places i have friends in all places happy 2020 to both of you by the way i am seeing you very clearly right now do you have 2020 vision i don't know actually i gotta go to an eye <laughs> appointment but yeah let's just say i do Okay, so we haven't podcast since early in December, which means that Christmas has come and gone. Santa Claus has been good to all of us. Did you guys get anything you want to quickly mention at the top of the show? Mainly just a picture of each other gifted to each other. I mean, there what? was that picture of the kiss, but no, no, no. So honestly, my, my kids went all out. They got me a couple of things. This is just one of them. And it is a... I don't know what to call it, a 3D lithograph or something like that, of the lightsaber duel inside the Death Star during Return of the Jedi. My favorite Star Wars film, and it is lit up with LED lights, and it goes back and forth between lights. It's really cool. It was expensive, and it took the... I know the guy that did it. He uh, is very talented. He also did something else for me, which I'll bring out next week as well, but I'm only doing one thing a week here, so this is... A big gift that I got. It's not hanging up on my wall because I wanted to show it to you, the Gunna Geek viewers on YouTube. That is fantastic. And I have to say that I was very, very surprised to see how perfect they made Chris Farrell on that. It was it was mind blowing. It was like spot on, spot on. You can call me Chris Skywalker. Actually. <laughs> Chris Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, I think and Chris is Anakin just in that. Pick, yeah. No, everyone can just take the name Skywalker. It's fine. We're all Skywalkers now. <laughs> we are. We are. And, uh, and Steven you even Skywalker, Stark Pioneer we're Skywalker, Chris Skywalker, Gonna Geek Skywalker. <laughs> I deem it to be that way. We are all Skywalkers. Chris, Perfect. we're going to have to have that discussion at another time. I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> okay. So here's a question for you, uh, Chris Farrell. What did you get yes. that you wanted to quickly mention on here? Because I know there's something you must have got toilet paper. Sweet. I, I, I can't. I mean, I hear a lot of people get underwear and socks for Christmas, which is great, but toilet paper, that's taking it to a whole lower level. 
it's kind of the running gag with my family is that we do more useful stuff for Christmas and stuff like that. And I kid you not, I got like two giant bags of toilet paper. So I probably do not have to buy TP at the grocery store for like another nine, 10 months now. There's so much in the uh, pantry closet upstairs. So I said that mostly jokingly, but it's actually kind of great not to have to worry about whether you're going to have a roll of TP when an emergency strikes. <laughs> so do they actually get you the good stuff or is it like oh, three yeah. quarter ply this stuff? This is like Charmin stuff, man. All right. It's pretty sweet. And some Angel Soft. If Charmin and Angel Soft want to sponsor the show, uh, send me a tweet <laughs> at the Chris Farrell. We are happy to be uh, sponsored by toilet paper companies. I, I can't complain about this because it's something we all need. Absolutely. Unless we had bidets. Uh, bidet company go ahead sponsor us okay. as well <laughs> there's nothing cool. better than listening to a podcast while you're taking your constitutional and just starting off your day on a good note that's all i'm saying you know i think i'm sorry but i think sps beat you on this because they have those bidet seats now that's the thing that everybody's selling is the bidet seat and so yeah, I'm sorry. I think I'm with SP on this. Here, here's something to consider, though, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plug in close proximity to your plug. toilet to plug in and power your bidet seat? Because I bet you don't. Uh, they have a long cord, and I'm sure oh, I so could run you're, something. You're going to stretch an extension cord across the floor and the counter in your bathroom where there's lots of water so that when you spray your tushy with water, you could potentially get electrocuted as something touches that cable somewhere. You know, I think mm. there's smart toilet mm. seats at CES right now. <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I mean, we're joking about, them? yeah, we're, well, I don't know. Mm. Batteries, I think. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's okay. It'll, it'll all work out in the end. Besides, we know that this it man does here, all work out in the end. <laughs> and we all know that this man here is the king of the bathroom talk because his name literally has one of the functions in it. SP. Literally, <laughs> literally one of the functions. No, what's with all the dad jokes to start the show? <laughs> Didn't you miss us, everybody? So many dad jokes. All right, well, let's go ahead and move <laughs> on to the news. I think that's probably the best bet at this point. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, I can't let it go. Uh, There's a chat message that needs to be acknowledged right now. If you didn't know this, we do stream the show live on Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a chat room that you can interact. And Liberty Loser, quote, that's his name. Uh, That's what he put in the chat anyways. He says, and mute your smart devices if you've got them. Five, four, three, two, one. Just call her Lexi. No, no, because it's funnier to say the actual thing. So make sure your smart device is muted. (sighs) Okay, fine. I'll say He says, Lexi. Spray my behind. <laughs> this is, uh, that was so funny. I, I I definitely want a a word functioning bidet now. I absolutely do. do. Well, I'm sure you could make something. I mean, it's not necessarily hard to interface your Amazon voice services devices with other things. You just have to build it. Usually, you're right. It's not hard in the bathroom. But let's so, move on to the news uh, and talk a little bit about. Oh, what are you what are you talking about? Oh, I'm not sure what you mean. The toilet seat is always hard, Steve, unless you have one of those weird ones from the 80s. It's all padded and poofy and is uncomfortable. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on from Ugh. the potty talk, maybe that'll be a Ugh. special new episode of the Gunnageek.com show. We'll exclusively it's dedicate it to potty toilet talk. Toilet talk. You got to go for the alliteration. Toilet talk. Fair enough. Toilet talk with 
Chris Farrell and SP. Why uh, is it my segment? I don't know. It just is going to be. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about something that is geeky. A lot of people over the last couple of weeks all got into the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. And it wrapped up over the holiday season. But there's still a mystery, a mystery that remains. And Chris Farrell, what is said mystery? How did they not screw it up? Because everything else Disney has touched with Star Wars, they've screwed up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a valid mystery. You, know, you yourself have answered that question to us in a chat. It's Dave Filoni. That's how they didn't screw it up. It's Dave. Dave and, is the answer And to John everything. Favreau. Don't forget John Favreau. <laughs> you mean happy? Yes. Okay. Yes. I but call I, him happy. I finally watched Far From Home on the weekend, by the way. But go ahead. Oh, Steven's still like nine months behind on his Marvel movies. I missed you, buddy. I missed you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about The Mandalorian. It's been the thing that has been sweeping the internet. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Etsy as people are making their own Baby Yoda. Everyone loves Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian. He's basically a pop culture icon right now. But what a lot of folks who may be more casual fans may not realize is This is not actually a baby version of Jedi Master Yoda that we've seen in the other Star Wars flicks. No, no, no. Baby Yoda, it's it's a baby alien of the same species. In fact, Jon Favreau confirmed USA Today during the Golden Globes that that is the case. And then he was asked a little bit more about it, trying to confirm a relationship between Jedi Master Yoda and the child. And he said, well, to the interviewer, now you're getting into spoilers. I can't say anything, but there's a lot of theories about that. So they were close to spoilers. Maybe they are related. Uh, Who knows? But don't feel bad if you've been calling the child, as is officially known, Baby Yoda. Even Disney CEO Bob Iger has done so and got chided by showrunner Jon Favreau. According to Iger, in an interview, he said, I got chastised. In my early emails to Jon Favreau, I referenced Baby Yoda. It just seems so easy. And I got my wrist slapped by Jon Favreau a few times. I was like, okay, okay. It's not Baby Yoda. So everyone's doing it. It's not actually factual it is a baby of that species supposedly taika waititi knows the name of the baby uh but he did not confirm that kyle buchanan of the new york times said in a tweet i also talked to taika about baby yoda since he directed the mandalorian finale taika insisted he's not named baby yoda there's a name yet to be revealed he won't give a hint he said i'll wait for favreau to give that away so they do have a plan that's the good thing but honestly the most interesting thing here to me is we can finally talk about a little bit They kept this secret. They did it so well. They pulled it off in such a way that every week for eight weeks, all the internet could talk about on Friday was what did baby Yoda do now? What kind of memes are going to get made? What kind of gifts are going to be out there about it? What memes are made about those gifts? It was fantastically well pulled off. And it's just kind of fun to see how excited everyone is for little baby Yoda type alien or whatever its name actually is that we've been seeing on the Mandalorian. I'm really just pleased with how well they pulled it off and how well the fandom has reacted to it. Yeah. So a couple of things, Disney's star Wars has a PR nightmare on their hands because everybody is calling this thing, baby Yoda. And once they actually (laughs) give it a name, everybody's going to be like, Oh, you screwed up star Wars again. Just call it baby Yoda. We know it's not, a little bit of Yoda, but yeah, just call it Baby Yoda. So I could just see the fandom going, you guys ruined it. The name is Baby Yoda. Just go with it. No, once it gets a name, I'm sure people will start going to that, but we'll still have hashtag Baby Yoda for things. 
it's become what is popularized as, but the fans will start referring to it by name, I'm sure, at some point, and then hashtag everything Baby Yoda so that other people can find it and they can go viral. The other thing I wanted to say is uh, the wonderful actress that plays Cara Dune. You know, we've we've known her for quite some time now. Fast Gina and Furious. Carano. Yeah, Gina Carano. She's a badass. She mm-hmm. tw- she tweeted. She tweeted something. I retweeted. It was great. She's like, yeah, the the whole force choke thing. I actually was, you know, put out during my filming scenes twice by, and I don't know if she was serious or not, but she said she lost consciousness twice while filming that scene with the choke from baby Yoda. She, it was awesome. She really knows what uh, the fandom wants and she ran with it. Either that or her publicist did or Disney slash star Wars did. And they said, you know, what, car, you need to do this. Uh, I, We'll definitely have soup with Gina Corona or Cara Dune any day of the week and twice on Sunday, by the way. She is awesome. Right. It's It's been also interesting. Did you guys see the interviews about Warner Herzog and how he was like literally all agog over Baby Yoda treating him like he was real on set? And he was like, this is the greatest thing ever. The fact they did an actual puppet and not CGI. He was just all about it. And it was just delightful to see all of the positivity that has come out just over everyone geeking out over how cool the puppetry is and also how well the character interacts with everyone on the show. It It's very well done in that regard. And it has the older star Wars feel to it where we're not relying too much on CGI. The whole show is like that though. I mean, they spent what something like a ridiculous amount of money per episode so that they could do practical effects everywhere, not have to do tons of CGI, things like that. It's been a phenomenal experience and it just goes to show They know what they're doing. And I've said this in our Discord channel and probably on Twitter as well. This is the best Star Wars Disney has done since they acquired uh, Star Wars. It's the best product they've put out from start to finish. They got lucky and inherited Rebels as it was finishing its run. And that is what I will still say is the best modern day Star Wars is Star Wars Rebels. All because Dave Filoni, like we said. Yeah, I, I agree with what you say. I, I think that this is some of the best Star Wars that we've seen. And I really like how the, and I think I think this is why it works is they they've sprinkled the nostalgia, obviously, Baby Yoda being the exception here. But uh, they, they really have like they've answered so many questions that people who haven't looked into the expanded canon, uh, expanded universe, whatever you want to call it have had and they've just dropped them as little nuggets here and there about what happened after the original trilogy what what happened there and so this is this is something that when you look at it uh you get those little nice feels but you're not it's not shoved in your face like uh i can't even remember the name of the first of this latest trilogy uh the force awakens was the force awakens was like it's all there. Everything's all in your face. And, and I really like the, the pacing of this. Uh, back to the whole portion of this news, the baby Yoda thing. I'm 100% with Chris. I think the fans will totally adopt it. And then just in passing, not as, as a baby Yoda. But I think that once we got the name, they'll go ahead and uh, they won't care that it's got a name. I don't think it's a PR nightmare. You realize this is Star Wars fans you're talking about, right? I do. I do. Okay. Okay. But that, that's why. Okay. So, and this is going to be, I'm not trying to gatekeep here. And that might be what it sounds like. Casual fans, I think will readily stick more to baby Yoda. There's, I sound like I'm gatekeeping. It's not my intent, but there are a lot of other fans who are like super deep into it that have been reading all sorts of stuff that are super geeked out about it that, and I 
am like that in a lot of these things that will refer to the canon name and then make references to Baby Yoda, I'm sure. I, I don't think it's really controversial one way or another what people refer to him as. I don't think there's really going to be an outcry when the name comes out other than the obligatory, <sighs> that name's stupid. It should have been this. That's what you'll get from a lot of folks, I'm sure. Well, you get that name stupid, call it Baby Yoda. Uh, so, but back to The Mandalorian as a production, uh, is the best John Wayne eight films that I've seen since El Dorado. Uh, okay, so one last thing that I want to say on The Mandalorian, uh, just moving past that You joke. guys just went past that. Guy. It was a wonderful Western. Matter of fact, that's how I got my dad to watch it. This I show gave, is a Western. I gave it him is. my Disney Plus password, and he's like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch Mandalorian. I said, Dad, you like John Wayne, right? He said, yeah, you're going to love The Mandalorian. He's like, really? I said, yeah, it's John Wayne. Just think of Mando as John Wayne. So he did. He mainlined it in a weekend at the cabin. It was great. You should great. tell your dad that uh, one of the body doubles for Mando is John Wayne's kid. It's okay. true. It re- he really is. So there is a John. Wa- there is a descendant of John Wayne under the helmet in a lot of the stunt scenes. A grandkid <laughs> or his kid? I thought it was kid. It might. Be, I think it's just kid. So the one thing that I have Could be to grandson. say. No, Kent says grandson. I'm sorry. I misspoke. The one thing that I have to say, though, with Mandalorian that I, I struggled the entire run to get over was the, um, the Jawas. No, the, the that Va- was just terrible. The Vader actor syndrome. Uh, the fact that we've got the main character under a helmet. I couldn't help but keep wondering how, how much of this is him and how much of this is a stunt double. The whole and why I say the oh, Vader okay. thing. The fact of the matter is that, you know, the only time we saw Vader out of a helmet in the original trilogy uh, wasn't the guy that was in the helmet for the rest of the trilogy, right? So, like, that kept going through my head the whole time, and I'm like, this could be anybody. This could be anybody here with a voiceover. Well, there were three people under the helmet. For what? Really? For, for Mando? Mm-hmm. Oh, like stunt doubles? There were two stunt doubles, and there was Pedro Pascal. There were okay. three people that wore the armor. Okay. I was going to say, though, did you see Rebels, Steven? No, I haven't. That's actually, I, I was, uh, I went to start it actually, and then I got sidetracked over the holidays. So Rebels gives you not the best, but at least it gives you a, a very large step up in the Mandalorian lore. So you get a sense of the Mandalorian culture mm. and without Rebels, I can see you saying that. So that's interesting to me. If you haven't watched Rebels, but you watch Mandalorian because it was on Disney Plus and everybody was talking about it, I could see the disconnect there. Interesting that so you say that. Steven, did you finish Mandalorian? Yes, I have. So if you watch Rebels, you'll get an explanation for why it's such a big deal what Moff Gideon has as that weapon at the very end of the show. Okay, Because cool. that was never expected to be nope. seen in live action and it played a huge huge part in arcs of star wars rebels and it brings up a lot of questions because Mm -hmm. that saber was in somebody's possession at the end of rebels yes well i I like revelos is that what this is about you said star wars revelos i kind of like cheerios yeah go ahead (laughs) honey nut or regular (laughs) laugh it up fuzzball all right well if you haven't uh been checking out our geeks.live chat room ever we do run polls often as we go through the news points and i asked the question have you watched the mandalorian to which 50 percent said yes but stopped watching and 50 percent said no i suspect we didn't have a lot of responses because i know the chat room is going nuts right now with people talking about the mandalorian uh i i yeah i watched it every week 
pretty much every Friday, except the last one, actually. I had to wait a day or two. Moving on to the next news point here. Let's talk a little bit about cameras and privacy. If you're not familiar, there is a big upswing in cameras, especially in the age of porch pirates and things like that. And one of which is a company called Ring. Ring was actually purchased by who, Chris? Amazon. Amazon. Yes, Amazon has Ring. Mm -hmm. Google has Nest. And there's been concerns over privacy with the Ring cameras. There's been all sorts of news that we've talked about on this show and elsewhere where people have been like, ah, oh, my camera's been compromised. People are talking to my kids. People are hacking my feed. They're doing all sorts of things, which usually is just poor password management. But anyways, that's beside the point. People are freaking out over that. The other side of these cameras is the fact that there are some areas that apparently ring and possibly nest, not confirmed, are giving the footage over to authorities. Well. Ring has announced that there is a new privacy dashboard that's coming to the mobile app that will allow Ring owners to manage their connected devices, third-party services, and whether local police partnered with Ring are able to make requests to access that video from Ring cameras on the account. There's going to be other privacy and security settings in that dashboard added in the future. Apparently, this control center is going to be available on both mobile versions of Ring iOS and Android. So this is essentially just a way to take those settings and put them in one place where that people can see it. I wanted to bring this up for two reasons. Number one, uh, this is something that you should always be aware of. If you are using a service that has cloud-based footage, there's always the potential that somebody could get said footage. If there is a server compromise, if you just used a poor password, if for some reason a third-party service that's connected in ends up getting compromised. There's always that potential uh, as well if there is something like the authority situation. The second thing is, if you're not paying attention to your privacy settings on any of your cloud-based services, you really should. You should really pay attention here because there might be something that you want to go and turn off here. As well, occasionally take a look and see what is hooked into my third-party services because maybe you accidentally authorized something along the way that you shouldn't have. And then you can pull that third-party uh, service from having access to whatever it is. Chris Farrell, SB, I know you both have looked at cloud-based cameras and things like that. Does things like this matter to you? Or is it just, yeah, whatever. If people want to see me walking in, they can see me walking in. If this was a indoor camera, I would be a little bit more concerned and you'll have to qualify what you're talking about when you say ring camera are you talking about all the ring cameras or are you just talking about the outdoor ring cameras i believe this is for ring accounts so i think it's going to be for all ring cameras i thought it was like part of their neighborhood watch tool or whatever that was set up with the the outdoor ones I don't really have a problem with the outdoor ones, the indoor ones I would, but I guess there's no discernment between the two when you're talking about the accounts themselves, because, yeah, it might annotate which one's an indoor camera and which one's an outdoor camera, but you're going to have access to the account in general, so I can see that. I will tell you, and I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast yet or not, but uh, about a year, two years ago, I can't remember when it was, when I first put my surveillance system in a couple of weeks later, my cars were broken into 
And that was a big deal. They were able to catch the guy because I had surveillance of the guy breaking into the car. And then later I had put that footage up in my neighborhood group, the next door group. So my neighborhood really got into it and they were like, oh, they were asking me what kind of surveillance camera do you have and that sort of thing. And I told them what I had, but I said, you know, for ease of use, you might want to look at a ring doorbell camera. That was when the first generations were out. And so a lot of them did that. A lot of them got different security systems or whatever. So we had subsequent break-ins and by break-in, I just mean guys going around looking into cars that are unlocked. So they get into the cars, they rifle through them, they go out. So they're not breaking into the cars, but they are breaking and entering whatever the legal term is they they rob the cars of anything in the car so what happened then when everybody got the cameras is that they would put out alerts to the neighborhood next door group so the next two or three guys that came and tried to do the same thing were all caught within five or ten minutes because it was neighborhood surveillance now this was just the people working in conjunction with their cameras and then going to the next door group and going back and forth there and i suppose into the neighborhood facebook group too but i'm not on that anymore anyway they actually worked in conjunction there so that was with people that wasn't with the automation system or whatever it was that the cops had either way it does work when you have a bunch of people that are working to secure your areas together these things can be of great use the next step, of course, is to integrate them digitally. And I'm not sure I'm really wanting that. Like I said, exterior cameras are one thing, interior cameras are another. I personally, I don't know. I'll, I'll never say never. I personally don't see myself having indoor cameras. That's where I draw the line. I'm all for having, you know, every angle of my property covered if I want to, you know, and, and twice in some areas or whatever. But I really don't want indoor cameras. I, I just that's where I just I, even with an offline system, I don't want it. I don't want it because you never know. You never know. You have that offline system where it's only recording locally and then your house gets broken into. And what's one of the things they steal? They steal that footage and now they put things on the Internet. So I just I personally don't ever much think about indoor. So I admit that's a fault of mine when I look at things like this, because I don't think about the indoor cameras. So I didn't want an indoor camera until I had a false alarm on my alarm system that said uh, down in this basement room where I podcast right now that the entry sensor went off and I was at work 55 minutes away from my house and didn't know what was going on. The alarm triggered. I was called by the uh, alarm company. I said, I have no idea. I'm not there. And my dog was here and things like that. And I couldn't see what was going on right after that. And that's when I said, you know what? I'll get two of the cameras that are offered by my security system and put them by this door and one upstairs. So if someone did come in, I'm not necessarily worried about as much about catching them in the act, but making sure that my dog is still in the house if they leave something open. Well, it's you know it's a valid valid consideration. And like I said, I'll I, I never say never on that sort of stuff because who knows? Like just a few years ago, I probably couldn't have seen myself having as many cameras that I do now. But if you have Ring, make sure you do keep your eyes out on that privacy area and let us know, does it really give you much? Do you really care about what's in there? We'd love to hear from a actual user because Chris is all about Nest, right? Well, I have a Nest cam outside. <laughs> I've talked about it on this show. I'm, I'm not opposed to getting a Ring doorbell. I almost did over the break. It's just the area my Nest cam outdoor covers is basically the same area the Ring doorbell did. So I was like, why am I going to pay for two cloud storage services to have literally the exact same area covered. 
And SP, he's just got drones flying 24-7 around his place. I do, but you guys know this, and you're probably just playing coy because you don't know if I want to come out with it. I did buy a Ring Doorbell Pro. It's not installed yet, but it's sitting on my table to install. I got it on a post-holiday deal, and I am curious as to how it works. I did add it because the um, the shot at night is going to be better looking at who's going to be coming in the door. So that's why I got it versus the shots that I have underneath the eaves with my other cameras. So mm -hmm. we'll just see how it turns out. I'm going to try it out and, and see, and it will also notify me at work when packages arrive and that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to trying it out and seeing from there, I might not keep it. I might just pay the monthly fee and I get the annual fee because if I don't like it, I'll take it out and put the mm. old doorbell back in. That's one of the things that I got as, uh, for Christmas is a, new higher quality security camera that I was looking to set up and, you know, eavesdrop in on the public too, because it'll have audio unlike the current ones. And that's always good when you see people talking, just listening, and then just later bringing up the conversation and they're like, what? No, don't do that. Uh, moving on to the next news point. Chris Farrell, you were telling me the other day that you were going through withdrawals the entire last couple weeks because you weren't seeing any space news anywhere because you weren't doing this show. And we all know that Chris doesn't look at space news if SP is not telling him about it. So look at my look at my hand video, folks. I'm jonesing <laughs> for my space fix. I yeah, can't keep I my hand still. I think that's just drug withdrawal that you're going through. <laughs> hey, now. My caffeine intake has increased since I went back to work. The caffeine withdrawal is over. It was uh, it was his midichlorians. That's what he was addicted to. <laughs> Go ahead, SP. Still not the worst thing to come up in Star Wars. <laughs> I was thinking about what I was going to talk about. I wanted to go back to the space news. I didn't with the last podcast of 2019, but I wanted to look into space news again. I was thinking, what could I cover? Well, you had the Boeing launch the CST 100 that didn't go as planned, but that's been a couple of weeks ago now and then you had the upcoming spacex starship launch that's now scheduled in a few months but i was thinking you know what i'm really jonesing for we haven't talked about space telescopes in a while so i want to talk about space telescopes we're going to talk about the james webb and why we're going to talk about it because it's still on target for its march 2021 launch and they had this i don't know this meeting of like really smart people called the American Astronomical Society, and they had their annual meeting in Honolulu, and the James Webb was one of the key pieces of that conference. So a little information came out about that. I got this from a couple of stories on space.com. The primary one comes from an article by Megan Bartles, and she wrote, the James Webb Space Telescope has been notoriously prone to delays and cost overruns. But during two town hall meetings held in Honolulu at the 235th American Astronomical Society meeting, NASA leaders emphasized that the launch date set in June 2018 still holds. So just to reiterate here, we're not talking about a launch date in June 2018. The launch date was set in June 2018 for March 2021. But before it can become NASA's next great observatory, Webb needs to complete a host of milestones this year, including being packed up from its first test of its deployment, a launch vibration and acoustic environmental test to stimulate the Arane 5 rocket ascent, 
followed by another deployment test to ensure everything works fine after those other tests. Webb's ground team is also undergoing its own tests. The team conducted nine rehearsals in 2019 of various phases of the mission, from launch through deployment and a six-month commissioning phase, and into gathering science and data. In Webb staff will complete another 14 such rehearsals in 2020. James Webb Space Telescope is currently estimated to cost 9.7 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars, and will observe the universe via infrared wavelengths, which is invisible to the human eye, and will focus on revealing the secrets of the beginning of the cosmos, as well as hunt for exoplanets, which may reveal signs of life. Wow, Chris, you're not shaking anymore. I'm just happy for SP's sake that this means Hubble is one step closer to death. Isn't that right, SP? It is an important <laughs> distinction. I think we made it before that the Hubble has viewed the cosmos in the visible wavelengths. This will be the infrared, so it will be invisible to the human eye. I'm curious, though, why do we only focus on infrared? Why, why not the infragreen or the infrayellow? Like, I'm, I'm confused. Well, infragreen would be like gamma radiation and you could get the Hulk out of that. That's just, and, and then purple, we know what happens with purple lightsabers. So let's not just go there. You're one bad mother expletive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here, here's the question that I have for you. Why? Why are you delaying this, SP? I understand this is your personal problem for delaying this. This has been like, I think it was like three intros ago that I had a James Webb quote about you on here and and it seems like you're just dragging your heels getting this thing in there. Can't you just like lift it up and just throw it up into space? Yeah, we can, but we're not quite sure if it's going to work or not, which is why it's got to go through all these tests. This is sink not or swim, go man. Into, sink or swim. This is not going to go into low Earth orbit where we can go back up and give the Hubble some corrective lenses. This is going to go into one of the Lagrange points, like 7 billion miles away from Earth or whatever it is. And it is not going to be obtainable to go and service until the Starship comes online. But even then, it's going to be an expensive mission. So they really just want to get it right to make sure it goes up, goes to the Lagrange point, and it works flawlessly because it would take a major... This would be like saving Matt Damon, right? <laughs> this would be one of the big things. And nobody wants to go through that for the James Webb Space Telescope. So they would prefer to work right the first time. And James Webb, he was the director of the last Spider-Man franchise. Is that right? That was Mark. Webb. Oh, Mark Webb. Oh, my apologies. My apologies. I sincerely wonder if you are apologetic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you go back and you listen to the last 316 episodes of this, you'll know that I am completely kidding because of the fact that I'm pretty sure I've made that joke more than once on this show. More than twice, I assume. So. <gasps> Uh, before we move on to our extra extra, in the last uh, news point there, I, I polled the, the audience about our internet connected cameras saying, do you use an internet connected security camera system? And uh, overwhelmingly, people said that they have no cameras. And there's a short amount of people who were saying, yes, they have an, a non-Nest, non-Ring version. And then some people saying they have offline cameras. Moving on okay. to the extra extra, let's quickly talk about a couple quick things. Number one being the PlayStation 5. If you didn't know this, the PlayStation 5 is allegedly right around the corner. And it's looking like that rumor is going to be true about the ugliness 
Yes, that ugly, ugly PlayStation design. There is a recent leaked image from apparently a prototype of the PS5, and it's looking exactly like we saw, which is very ugly. You think it's <laughs> ugly. I think it looks cool. What? Well, we've that makes one we've of had, us. We've had this discussion before. It looks cool. Look, gaming consoles are there out so you can see them. I just don't want a box anymore. I want a work of art. The only PlayStation 4 I got was the Star Wars one. So I got the light up Vader on it. I don't want something that's just going to sit there like a DVR. I want it to look cool like a gaming console. This is a dev kit, though. I mean, this is not necessarily indicative of what the final version is going to look like. So now you're backtracking. You're like, oh, maybe (laughs) I won't hate it. Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe SP is right. I still think it's dumb looking, but it's a dev kit. It looks like you're dumb. So, I mean, uh, I'm not disputing that. (laughs) In a previous episode, I said that I liked it only to set up a joke that we had set up at that Uh time. I think that it's ugly and I think it's horrendous. And I really hope that if this is a mock-up of it of some form for whatever, uh, that it's smaller than this because it looks kind of obtrusive. It's it's a dev kit, though. Yeah, you guys need to not do so much with the looks. I mean, this is what got Chris in trouble over the Cybertruck, which he hates. And now he hates the PlayStation 5. So Chris just hates anything that's cool and new out there. I hate the PlayStation 5, despite the fact I have a PS4 right over my head right now in my entertainment center. So you do think it looks good? I think my PS4 Pro looks good because it's the Spider-Man version. I was going to say... We all know that right now, if Microsoft got into the film industry and they bought the rights to the Spider-Man franchise somehow and they made a game, you would be like, Sony PlayStation is the worst thing ever. You should never freaking buy this like you were two years ago on ATGN. You you say... No, no, no. That is <laughs> not what I said. <laughs> yeah, he said he hated it on this podcast. He said he would never find PlayStation 4. Six months later, he owned a PlayStation 4. That's because I was weak and caved. I fully admit that. But I did not say, and let's clarify here, I did not say I hate the PlayStation 4. I hate Sony, things like that. I have made a point as I have matured to not take stupid stands like that anymore. Unless you're talking about the controller to which you will have a 20 minute argument about the controller. Uh, that was the dumbest crap ever. <laughs> and that's, I just didn't want to stop arguing about it. I'll be honest. That's what happened there. I should have just let it go and moved on. But I still stand by the fact that the uh, Xbox controller is vastly superior to the PlayStation one. I agree, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had, I, I actually, I'm not even going to go down this. It, we, <laughs> you haven't played have, the PlayStation 4. No, you know, you the, barely okay. played the Xbox. Your kids monopolize that thing. The Xbox controller line and the PlayStation controller line have been basically the same as far well, as the physical layout goes. And, and I, I started like with modern consoles. I had a PlayStation, original PlayStation, like, and, and move forward from there. Oh, so you had the Nintendo PlayStation? <sighs> Moving Offset on thumbsticks to- <laughs> for life. Offset thumbsticks is Agreed. my way of life. Agreed. Moving right on here. to the next extra, extra. Actually, I did ask a question. What do you think of the PlayStation 5's potential look? And uh, 33% said it's ugly. I probably won't get it. 33% said I like it, and I probably will get it. 33% said meh. But it, lastly, in our extra extra before Chris ropes me into a controller discussion, uh, looks like we are you getting started it. <laughs> we are getting our bathroom talk 
That's one of the yes. reasons I wanted to highlight that chat comment earlier because the toilet talk segment of the Good <laughs> Network. Toilet talk. Yeah. So the the main okay. Go, go ahead. Tell everybody what it is, and you, I'll you, say why you it's go dumb. Ahead, SB, SB, you go ahead. You're so passionate. No, you no, introduce I just this. want to say why it's dumb. Okay. So <laughs> that's my job. Kohler, Kohler has announced that they are putting Amazon Alexa into Don't a showerhead. Yes, they announced this. This week at CES 2020, that the company is expanding its lineup of Moxie showerheads by making them Alexa enabled, which is aptly named the Moxie AI speaker. This showerhead is waterproof with an IPX67 rating. In addition, the company is saying that the user base is going to be, uh, they're going to allow owners of the existing Moxie showerheads to connect the speaker portion through magnets there's there's going to be of course speakers in it if you didn't gather that that would be the whole purpose of putting this in here and it's going to give users up to five hours of usage at 70 percent volume it looks like there's going to be a bluetooth version of the speaker available for roughly a hundred dollars and the full alexa version will be approximately 160 dollars in u.s pricing Wow, looks like we're finally getting that. And it's all because just a short time ago in our chat, someone pitched the idea of having Alexa in the bathroom. So look, look how quickly that happened. That was half hour that they developed this. The shower head is sold separately and it costs about 70 US dollars. Look, I don't have a problem with the concept. I actually enjoy this concept because there I do have an Alexa in the bathroom. Excuse me. I have a Lexi in the bathroom violated Thank my own you. code there it is a dot that has the 3.5 millimeter out into another speaker makes it incredibly hard to understand commands because it's competing with the actual speaker that it is playing out of and i would like to listen to music in the shower when i'm there or you know whatever i want to listen to this actually makes that a lot more feasible because it's in the shower it's probably going to understand you better and it's integrated with the speaker. Now, here's the problem that I have with it. And I think Tom Merritt also had the same issue. You got to charge it. I don't want to take this thing out to charge it. I just want it to stay there and I want it to either be plugged in from on top or I want it to regenerate with the water flow or something like that. I don't want to take it out to charge. You, you no. want me to plug a power cable into something in my shower. Or Woo. solar, you know, do solar uh, recharging with the light coming down from the top or so. I don't know. I don't want to take this out to recharge it. I'm I, never going to do it. I understand the spirit of what you are saying there. I completely get it. It's just there's Wireless power or wireless charging is not there. You, when you can start talking about being able to wirelessly charge something just sitting in a room, not on a pad, maybe you do it that way. Solar is not going to be practical for a lot of people, especially if you're talking like a half bath, because many of those don't have windows in them or have such tiny windows that get minimal light. It's not going to stay charged. You have plenty of moving water. You can recharge with moving water. So I, okay, yeah. so here's the thing. Back to the bidet talk earlier. I, oh, I actually... The plug-in issue, I actually don't think it's an issue with the bidet because a lot of bathrooms are configured where you have an outlet, ground fault interrupted, next to your sink, which is next to your toilet. And so the running of the cord on that perspective is not a big deal. Plus, unless you have a major, major leak, 
you don't really have any concerns there about the water if it's run properly under the sink or anything like that. A shower is a completely different situation, especially when you think about the logistics of where it's going to plug in. You're not going to have an outlet near the shower because it's against code. It's against code to have an outlet like right there where you're like able to reach it. I believe it's against code. So you're not going to get that, which means you're going to have an extension cord all the way across. It's a disaster of an idea. This is not impossible. People use the inline electrical heaters to their shower all the time. You know, the tankless little heaters that they put in line in the wall or behind the shower. They do that all the time and electric runs to it. You can take that same cord can run it up over the safety wall where water is and have a marine sealed cord coming out of that into the speaker. It's not that big of a deal. It happens on boats all the time. I don't think I care enough to have one in my bathroom if that's what it takes then. Do you know? In all honesty. Yeah, I agree. And I think the big lacking thing that we ha- we need with this here is is easy charging. And and I I'm not sure we've seen that yet. Is there going to be something where you put it on that on the wall next to that outlet that I was just referring to. So you you get out of your shower, you reach out, and you just quickly like put it on a hook sort of thing where it takes you two seconds and then you have the wireless charging or something like that. Because if you're actually having to make an effort, it I, I agree. It's a significant problem and I take issue with, not issue, but I, I have a problem thinking about would I actually do that myself as the guy who lets his, his razor die regularly because I'm too lazy to go down and reach the three feet down and grab my charger and plug it in. So let's recap. Chris hates the Cybertruck. He hates the <laughs> PlayStation 5 and he hates the Kohler Amazon Alexa speaker. <laughs> I don't hate it. I just I would rather I, that's what see you this. just said. You hate it. There you go. I said I don't care enough if that's the effort it would take to power one in my shower if I had to run cables. I understand why they did what they did, because it's the simplest way to ensure that everyone could put one in their bathroom. Realistically, here is what I want. Give me a a bathroom version of Alexa that is able to cope with the steam and humidity you get with a hot shower that you can keep plugged in on your counter like you would your toothbrush or your razor or something like that that is a bit more sensitive to be able to pick vo- pick up your voice over running water, stuff like that. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, but even then, you can still get a friggin' waterproof Bluetooth speaker and put it in your shower. They're like, I know, 10 bucks I've at done Best that Buy. before. I don't, yeah. I know. I'm, and that's why I know I don't want to recharge this is that damn Bluetooth speaker just never worked because I never wanted to charge it. I'm going to take this to an extra, a, a further level of head scratching nature of this because I, I really like the idea of having this right there because there, there Chris are scratch his head too much. I mean, <laughs> there's not much hair left. <laughs> Fair enough. There are really good reasons why what we can all think about where we would use this and why we're immediately interested in talking about this. However, Chris brought up the point about a a better, you know, not going to corrode Amazon voice services device. What sort of sound do we really think we're going to get off of this when it's right in the middle of your rain stream? Okay, we're not going to get a ver- in the shower. It, Who cares? Go with me. Go with me. I agree. It's not, I'm not going to go to the bathroom with you. <laughs> okay. Sorry, it's not going to happen. No, no, you are completely right. It's not going to be that great. Who cares? Which brings me to my point. How cheap did you see these Echo Dots over the holiday season? 25 bucks. Right. Who cares if they corrode in a a year? 25 bucks, 25 bucks a year. This thing's going to cost you a hundred dollars in four years. It's going to take you four years before you paid that. 
Stephen, I don't want a fabric covered speaker yeah. on my bathroom. Oh, you guys all are... that mold. No, it's okay. not. It, well, then no, go. It's... Okay, well then go with one of these, the second gen. Like, put it in a cover. They, they have the covers that hang on the outlet that protect it. Seriously, for twenty five dollars, they have these. People are using them in their bathrooms, and and you're gonna get the sound. So that's what I'm gonna do, anyways. That's my plan. And I, and I say this because I know someone who does it and, and they've been very successful. Well, they're Google Home Mini, which maybe yeah. that's the difference. Who cares about Google Home Minis? Yeah, I, have, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I have a Google Home built by Insignia that is uh, Best Buy branded that has a battery built into it that has like six hours of battery life. So like when I'm cleaning the bathrooms and stuff, I unplug that and take it with me and listen to music while I'm cleaning the bathrooms and stuff. And I will fully admit that I have left it by the bathroom door when I took a shower just so I could listen to music while I was showering before. But it was not in the bathroom other than for like the five minutes I was in there and then plugged back in outside. So I didn't have to worry about bathroom weather conditions. So eh, I don't know. This isn't really a huge problem, though. It's just a weird CES gadget. We're going far too down the rabbit hole on. Fair enough. <laughs> if you want to hear more about what Chris does in the bathroom, please get in touch with us through Dude. any of the. I mean. I wash my hair, I trim my beard. Oh, wait, I don't have hair and my beard hasn't been trimmed in weeks because I'm growing it out. I don't know what I do in the bathroom. Seriously, if you do want to talk a little bit more about this in the future, please tweet at the Chris Farrell on Twitter because I know he's just itching to start that Gunna Geek Toilet Talk. What app are you tapping this week, Chris Farrell? We're canceling. It's time for more toilet talk on the Gunna Geek Show. <laughs> Chris is like, the app that I'm going to do today is tracking your bowel movements. That's the app the, I'm going to talk about. There are apps for that. There are now. apps for that where you can actually probably take a photo of it to keep track of consistency and things. I'm not trying to be gross. You I'm can sure weigh they do it. That. I mean, yeah. there's, there's different things that people do. It's really gross. I think the closest it ever came to anything like that was when I was doing my water tracking intake daily which was mostly because I was bad about drinking water, mm -hmm. which was more than making me pee. But that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about a water tracking app or a poo app. No, no, no. I found out about this app probably about two weeks ago, and I've been playing with a little bit. It is called AI Dungeon 2. It is free, available for iOS, Android, and you can use your web browser on a PC or laptop or Mac computer to play it as well. One caveat, you do have to create a free user account to play AI Dungeon 2. So what is it? It's an adventure game run by text generation. You guys remember those old RPGs on DOS computers where it was basically just a choose your own adventure text type game? That's what this is, but kind of relaunched, made a little beefier. It's capable of responding to basically any command with a coherent response. There were earlier versions of the game that have now been replaced in this new relaunched, more faster and stable version that is available on the web and in apps. It was built on OpenAI's text prediction system. You can pick a genre when you start the game, such as fantasy, mystery, or zombie. It'll generate a setting for you that you can interact with however you want. If the game, for instance, sends some orcs after you, you can choose to fight them, or you could say, form a band with them, or you can make sweeping commands like rule the world and then retire peacefully. And the AI-assisted guidance will play along with you and continue the story as you progress. It's honestly, these text-based RPG adventures on crack is what this is. It's made a lot more fancy and more interesting to use. 
It's gone viral lately. You might have seen some videos on YouTube of folks playing the game and laughing in a group. It's gotten so popular, in fact, with this web version and the new apps that Nick Walton, the creator, has started a Patreon campaign so he can work on the project full time and add new features. They just added voice support to their test version. It'll be coming out later, meaning it will be able to read the story aloud to you if you want. And right now, here's how much people are interested in this. He's pulling in $15,000 a month on Patreon for people that are supporting AI Dungeon 2. That's a lot of people. He has got his next goal on Patreon set up for $25,000 a month so that you can basically have multiplayer versions of AI Dungeon where you can play with your friends and get into all sorts of crazy fun shenanigans. That's still a ways off. So I mentioned earlier, you have to have established rather an account so that you can play this game. What is that for? There's kind of a social aspect to this where you can publish your story once you're done so other people can try and follow the same story, make the same decisions. You can go and view other stories and adventures that people have done and jump in and play them yourselves. They've kind of made this fun little social network within the game itself where you can try a bunch of other stories. It's very much like Zork, and it's inspired by that. I saw Suncast had mentioned that in the chat room. It's just a ton of fun, and I've had a blast playing it. And you can just sit down, play for 10 minutes, close the app, walk back, pull up the app again on your phone and pick up where you left off. Or you can be like me and just leave it running in a tab in your browsers. You can always come in and play it. I've had a blast. It's super fun. It's random. And it's it's a simple app, but it's a great time killer. So did you guys ever play any games like this when you were younger? Any of the text-based adventure games on DOS computers or heck, even I think the Apple IIs we had in elementary school or when I was in elementary school, rather, had some of these text-based adventures. I seem to remember playing some on the back in the, the lab, the computer lab days, but I, I don't really remember what they were. I remember endlessly playing text games, though. The first game I played on a computer was a text game. It was Lemonade Stand. Yes. But I think I played Zork. I think I played multiple games on the Commodore 64. I had a neighbor with a Fat Mac, the first generation Fat Mac who let me play with i had no idea why he did i think he wanted a son and i was the closest thing he was <laughs> going to get to it and i had a neighbor that had a vic 20 that was pre commodore 64 so those were the games and then i had a neighbor that had an apple 2e we i'm trying to remember what we had at, at school i think it was an apple 2 i don't think it was apple 2e's way back in the day so yeah i did play some text games there i never had time to really finish them so I think the Atari 2600 came out before I, I really had time to get into them. So I don't even think I've finished Zork. Yeah, I wish I could remember any of the names because I do remember that. But I guess I was just, you know, it, it was a strong enough part in my childhood to remember the actual names. Probably because at home we were playing things like Duke hmm. Nukem. It's probably because you didn't have a Lexi in the shower. You can't remember <laughs> oh anything. Oh my. All right, so let me ask you this, Chris. Is this game entertaining enough to entertain you for, say, 10 minutes while you're you're sitting there with nothing oh, to sure. do? Are we trying to get this back to toilet talk right now? Because I'm really scared. Yeah. Back, we never left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's entertaining enough, especially, say, you're waiting for the bus or you're just sitting waiting on a meeting to start that you showed up early. You can put a few minutes in. You can have a little bit of fun. 
I've got it pulled up on my computer. We could just step through a few steps of it so you get an idea of what it's like, both you guys and the listeners. That'd be fantastic, like. as yeah, long as you're willing to describe it for the audio listener. So it's all text, and what I'm going to do is effectively act as the narrator for you guys. You guys make the decisions, and I'll type them in. <gasps> and for those of you guys watching in the chat room, I did put a link to where you can go play yourself. It's at play.aidungeon.io is where you can find it. So my question for you guys is we have to pick a setting. Do you want fantasy, mystery, apocalyptic, or zombies? I like apocalyptic. What do you like, I, I was absolutely going to say apocalyptic. Okay, apocalyptic. Now you have to select a character. Do you want to be a soldier, a scavenger, a survivor, or a courier? Courier. Okay, that's fine. We'll do that. <laughs> <clears throat> I would have done something different, but that's fine. And we're going to name your character Stephen Pioneer. That way you both are represented fairly. Well, I think we'd prefer Stargate John Drew, but that's fine. That's well, fine. It's, it's too late. She's generating <laughs> the story right now. I just entered right. it. So you will get some delays as it generates the story. However, it is now completed. And as your narrator, I will share what is going on. You are Stephen Pioneer, a courier trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic world by scavenging among the ruins of what is left. You have a parcel of letters and a small pistol. It is a long and dangerous road from Boston to Charleston, but you're one of the only people who knows the roads well enough to get your parcel of letters there. You set out in the morning and hope that you can make it before nightfall. So what will you do? Now, the tip they give you is to start with a verb that describes what you're going to do and then fill in the action. So you could be like, ask someone where to find something or punch an orc or things like that. And if you want more story, instead of entering anything now, I can hit the enter key and it'll provide more story before we take an action. So gentlemen, what would you like to do? I would like to find an abandoned mail truck and hide in that all night. Okay. Find an abandoned mail truck. (laughs) Straight out of the postman, by the way, (laughs) it is indeed. I was going to say find Matt Damon, but that's, that's okay. We can go with your idea. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) For the audio so, listener, Chris Farrell is rapidly typing in this on his computer. I did say find an abandoned mail truck and hide in it. The response here, the truck is parked at the edge of a field. The driver turned off his engine and locked up the doors. There's no one else around for some stray dogs that barked when they saw you coming. So we found it. We're not inside it. What would you like to do, gentlemen? Well, I think we should get inside it. Can we get inside it? It is locked. Do you want to break into the mail truck oh, or we have get to inside the Oh, uh, should we get, should we break? Okay. What do you think, SP? We're a courier and we don't have a key to a mail truck. <laughs> this is post-apocalyptic. Okay. I want to go on top of the mail truck. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Climb on top of the mail truck. <laughs> All right. I told her, climb on top of the mail truck is the actions. Here. Yep. It is processing and figuring out what to do. Did we break the game? <laughs> no. <laughs> It, it got confused a little bit. He's, it goes, you crawl into the back of the truck and put your head against the door. The driver looks at you through half-closed eyes, then turns away from you as if he doesn't want to see you anymore. He drives on without him. Okay, we did break it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's not what I said, Chris. So. Uh, yeah, we broke it a little bit. All right, so what do I do now? What do you want to do now? Do you want to chase after the mail truck? Do you want to shoot the tires out? Do you want to... I, want to, should, should, I, I think we should throw a grenade. At it. We must have a grenade, right? Throw a grenade at the mail truck. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so Chris Farrell the, is rapidly typing. The action I wrote was throw a grenade at the truck. Okay. You throw the grenade at the truck. The explosion shakes you and makes you feel sick. 
<laughs> you hear the screams of those inside, but they don't seem to be able to escape this fate. So, guys, you just killed the dude in the mail truck. <laughs> Serves them right for driving <laughs> off without us. So, what do you want to do? Do you like want to go dance in the ashes? Do you want to go find something else? I want to get the keys to the mail truck so I can open up the next one. <laughs> so, we're going to search the wreckage for the keys? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, only on the Guinea Geek show are you going to get this. <laughs> So I said, search the wreckage for keys. You look around and see several weapons laying on the ground nearby. Some are broken. Others are missing parts or completely destroyed. You pick up a rifle butt and examine it carefully. It seems to be made of metal with a wood stock. So we aren't finding keys, but we found a weapon. Oh, okay. That'll have to do for now. Are there more grenades? <laughs> look, look for grenades. <laughs> I like how I just magically had a grenade to throw to begin with. <laughs> She couriers it does grenades. say we can write long sentences if we want, so we could write a whole bunch of narrative. No, let's just leave that. Let's leave that. Oh, here we go. We walk over to the wrecked truck and check underneath it. We find a couple of grenades, but nothing more useful than that. <laughs> you also notice something under the floorboard of the cab, a small key. You grab the key and open up the door of the cab. So somehow the mail truck has come back together. Here. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I got the next couple here. Okay. So what I okay. want to do is I want to find, I want to find a store. Okay. So are we getting in the car and finding the store? Since it sure, seems to be working. Sure, get, get in the car, find a store. That's that's the first step. Get in the truck and find a store is the instructions yeah. that I yeah. just gave. Perfect. It is processing right now. It's processing, the, processing. The truck that we just blew <laughs> exactly. up. Exactly. Just want to reiterate that. Back yes, together. That we mad. blew up. Oh, we've got something going on. You stand up and start walking towards the truck. Suddenly you hear a scream behind you. You turn around and see a woman running away from the scene of the crime. She runs faster than anyone could expect someone to run after hearing screaming. So throw what a grenade at her. Doing? Exactly. <laughs> throw a grenade at her. Uh, <laughs> My action is throw a grenade uh, at her. Okay. And what does it say? It, it's thinking. It's processing. You throw the grenade at the woman. It explodes harmlessly in her face, but she falls down dead before you reach her. <laughs> you leave the area and try to figure out where you should go next. Find a store. <laughs> I want to find my store. Find a store. Yes. <laughs> you want toilet paper, don't you? <laughs> no. He wants toilet. He's getting an Amazon device <laughs> to put in his shower. <laughs> you walk along the street and finally come across a store. You think about buying some food, but you decide not to since you need to keep moving. No. I want to enter the store. Enter the store. This is great, guys. This is audio <laughs> drama at its finest. We can yes. have our own audio drama based We're on playing gonna this game. We're going to be the next serial, guys. Yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> oh. you, enter, you enter the store and immediately begin looking around for something to buy. Eventually, you find a small box of matches. You light one up and watch them burn brightly in the container. <laughs> Okay, I was going to go down this whole route of buying a bidet, but now that we have the matches, let's abandon that. And and I want to light the store on fire. <laughs> light the store on fire. <laughs> Who cares if it's got bidets or not? You just want to <laughs> blow it up. <laughs> the action was light the store on fire. And now we have, you light the store on fire. The flames shoot up high and engulf the entire building. You can hear people screaming all around you, but none of them make any attempt to help you. You just, they just stare in horror at what has happened. <laughs> All right, SP, I'll let you take the last one before we, we end this here. <laughs> Fine, because in a couple of turns, we'll be able to buy something from the store again. <laughs> with, and take it away with the truck, which we blew up. I, you know what? Uh, go to the bathroom in the store. 
There you, you go. You want me to do number one or number two or just say go to the bathroom? Go to the bathroom in the store. <laughs> Maybe. We take the bidet from there. <laughs> go to the bathroom in the store is the action I put here. All right. You head back into the store and take a quick peek outside. There's no sign of life anywhere else either, so you assume there was nobody there when your friend died. You then go to the toilet and relieve yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. We took it back to toilets. Uh, (laughs) Take the bidet from the bathroom. Well, there's... Okay. Steal or take? Steal. Steal the bidet from the bathroom and laugh, I'm going to say. (laughs) Sure. Perfect. Just a little uh, creative interpretation there, there we go, from your perfect. narrator. Processing. It's still processing. <laughs> you sneak into the bathroom and grab the bidet. You use it to wash up and laugh as you do so. <laughs> okay, you sold me on this game, Chris. I am definitely going to check this out. And uh, this, is, this is fantastic. I'm so glad you did this. <laughs> And we're happy that everyone in the audience could participate in the Gonna Geek Toilet Time audio production that we presented this week, where we hurled grenades at people and then found a bathroom to relieve ourselves after committing mass murder in the streets of Apocalypse. Steal the bidet. And arson. Uh, And arson. By the way, in our chat at Geeks.Live, I did miss it. Liberty Loser had a great suggestion. He said, now that you've burned this store down, you should open the store for business. That would have been good, too. I can try and write open the store for business. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, we've got the bidet. Why not take the whole store over? All right. We are opening the store for business. The action that it is giving us as it is processing. Gets us a real fire sale. (laughs) (laughs) this one's pretty long you rush back into the store and open it up you have no idea how to operate this thing but you'll figure it out and learn as you go along the first few days are very difficult for you you don't know what to do or who to trust anymore (laughs) (laughs) definitely not the three voices in my head that are telling me to do stupid things Uh, okay one last one one before we get off this one last one one last one okay you should put it in here Start a podcast. See what it says. <laughs> See what it says. Start a podcast. <laughs> this is funny because there was a comment, I think on Podchaser or something like that on Twitter. And it was asking, what do you think is going to happen with podcasting in the future? I said within five years that the combined uh, judgment day from Terminator and zombie apocalypse <laughs> will mean that the only means of humans to communicate with each other is through podcasts. <laughs> you decide it would be best if you started a podcast. You record a couple of episodes and upload them to YouTube. You get several <laughs> requests for more episodes, which means that people seem interested in what you're doing now. <laughs> 18 months later, you've become quite successful. Your podcasts have been downloaded over a million times. People love your videos and they want more. You're getting more requests every day for new content but you really feel like you could do better with your current material. So guys, we've got tons of hits, millions See? of downloads. It's that simple. See, I you, had, if you had two... me at the time that I had a grenade to throw. You had me when the <laughs> truck rebuilt itself. You had me when I opened the store after the arson, but to have that many hits on my podcast, I'm out. <laughs> Fake. In a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world, YouTube is still around. I wonder if YouTube AdSense is around. We could be millionaires. <laughs> well, thanks this so much for, for sharing this, Chris. That was fantastic. <laughs> and uh, I am definitely going to check this out in the future. <laughs> 
Before we go, uh, it's been a while since I've given you the opportunity to plug or promote or do whatever you'd like to do. Let's start off with you, SP. Uh, what sort of toilet paper would you like to plug? <laughs> Definitely three ply, because that three quarter ply that you got at your house is no good. <laughs> So I am a member of a podcast called The Starling Tribune. I know we've talked about it before. I might have one or two co-hosts. I, I can't remember their names. But anyway, we do this podcast on the CW show Arrow. The CW show Arrow is ending. It's got three episodes left, which is not entirely correct because one of them is a crossover episode and it's actually two episodes. So it's got four episodes left. Yes, there are four lights. We will do a podcast on each of those four episodes plus a crossover episode. So we have five episodes left of the Starling Tribune before the end of Arrow. And then we might do a wrap up. We'll have to see how we feel about the ending. And that's it. That's the end of the Starling Tribune. So if you want to hear all about how, gosh, who, Stephen, help me out. Who are my co-hosts again? I always forget. Michelle Ely. Okay, Michelle. And Adahay. Adahay. Oh, yeah. I was thinking JS, but okay, Adahay. Yeah. So Chris and Michelle are my co-hosts <laughs> out there. And we're just having the time of our lives dealing with this crossover, dealing with the last episodes of Arrow, and want you to come and listen to the last few episodes because we're really just having a lot of fun with the show. And there's only a handful of episodes left. That's all you get. Chris, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? I would like you guys to come check out my new podcast, Toilet Talk on the Gunna Geek Network, hosted by Chris Farrell. It'll be starting next week as we talk about Kohler, Amazon, A-Word showerheads and why they're going to change life as you know it forever. So on that note, for episode 316... Of the official GunnaGeek.com show. I'm Stephen John Drew saying, Chris, you missed the golden name for your podcast. It's got to be Gonna Go. <laughs> I'm Chris Farrell, the host of Toilet Talk on the Gunna Geek Network. And I'm SP, just glad to be talking about space telescopes again. See you all next week. Bye now. And toilets. Happy New Year. There are toilets in space. <laughs> Do they have Amazon on them? Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunnageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunnageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. <laughs>